the Fun Belt Podcast gang back together again. It's a party. I mean, we have Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record sipping on a little PBR. I'm, I'm jealous of that. <laughs> I'm still a little jet lag coming back from the land of the Big Ten country, Chicago. So I, I have no drinks. I'm Dusty Thibodeau, Warhawk Report. And in the corner where he should be because his teams are just not cutting the mustard when it comes to Sunbelt Conference action. Jeremy Harper of HowRazor.com, you fan know, of the 0-6 <laughs> Lady Red Wolves. I should just – you know what? Here's the thing, though. I'm just blessed to be in the company of such brilliant citizens of the Sunbelt right here. I, you know what? I don't have to be a fan of a Sunbelt team that's successful. I just have to be a fan of you guys. That's, that's enough for me. I feel like Jeremy's got to be focused on getting that women's tennis team turned around. Yeah. Right. And I'm far more focused on my quest to be coach of the women's tennis team than I am on, on like the, on the woes, trials and tribulations of the basketball team. That is absolutely for sure. Oh, and by the way, Tibbs, Chicago isn't big 10 country It is Mac country, baby. MAC action. Yes. Uh, when I was in the hotel room, I did not see the Maction channel. I did see the Big Ten, which ironically was not working. So if you flipped over to the Big Ten network, all you saw was a black screen for hours on end. Because their commissioner that- already had one foot out the door. He wouldn't. He wasn't on top of this stuff. <laughs> Jeremy, are you, are you leaving your post as athletic director and head tennis uh, program director of Arkansas State for the Big Ten? Uh, you know what? I, I won't say that. Ne- I can't say never because, you know, that's a decision between me and God and my family. And I'll pray on it, you know, but uh, if, Respect uh, my decision. God, if God wants me to join the Big Ten, then then I, I will heed that call. I'm just a, a small cog in the master plan. So I'll, I'll just leave it up to the big man and we'll see. Until now, until then, I'm focused on, on Arkansas State's success as a tennis school and uh, we're focused on the season. Arkansas State, the bowling and tennis school of the South. <laughs> you know, bowling and, and, and club rugby. That's where we are right now. But, man, look, have you looked at the Sunbelt standings for men's basketball? Have you, even, have you even taken the time to look at these tips? It is crazy what I'm looking at right here. Nine teams, nine within one game. And more important than that, the ULM Warhawks complete the season sweep of the good old Boobcats as they downed <laughs> head coach TJ and in, in his Texas State team this past weekend to move to four and two in conference play. Oh my God. It's like, I think the Warhawks are for real. Shane, I think we're just going to have to accept that we live in a world where the Warhawks are going to compete in 2023. Sunbelt basketball. Shane, are you willing to accept this? I, I think I'm getting there. And I gotta ask, <laughs> I gotta ask Tibbs what what has changed? What what happened while we weren't paying attention to make yes. this happen? Like, did they like add a bunch of new players at the end of the semester? Or what what's going on? Like, how did they go from being one of the worst teams in the country to battling for a conference championship right now? I'm shocked and offended and hurt (laughs) by your statements and and your insinuation 
that there's like other players in those Warhawk uniforms. <laughs> have you never seen Space Jam? We have the juice, baby. We wow. have the juice. Holy hell. NCAA, please don't come test us. Uh, so you're not willing to, I mean, we talked a little about this last week and you kind of hem and hawed and that's fine, but you're not willing to give us the secret sauce to what's, to what's propelling the Warhawks to the top of the Sunbelt standings. I think they're just playing well right now. I mean, you know, the, you're going to go through streaks throughout the season where the shots just don't fall and, and, and kind of woes me right now. They just have that it They they have. The shots that they're throwing up are going in. They're getting the rebounds. They're playing well together. Coach Richard is is uh, lowering his blood pressure. He <laughs> he has not uh, dropped nearly as many f bombs as he has in seasons past. So oh, okay. I, I I don't know if that's a a correlation or not, but I I do feel that the Warhawks have, have really just kind of they found themselves and they have like I said that it factor of, of they're just able to have that lucky string of, of shots going in, getting the, the rebounds, and getting the dubs. Well, you know who I thought looked legit? And maybe it's because they were playing on ESPN2 and getting that sort of primetime real estate. Marshall upending Southern Miss. Uh, I, was it Saturday or Thursday? I can't remember which. But Marshall looked good. Maybe Marshall's pretty good. Shane, am I right to believe that Marshall's pretty good? I think so. I think there's a handful of maybe more, like when we're talking about nine teams being in, in the mix right now, but you know, I think there's a handful of pretty good teams. Um, you know, JMU had a bad stretch. I think they're still going to be up there. I think Southern Miss is going to be in the mix. Troy looks good. I mean, we just said ULM's for real. Like there's, there's a good number of teams I think that are up there and Marshall's definitely one of them. You know, congratulations to James Madison, by the way, Shane. Getting getting off that – they had the three-game losing streak, and then they came back, and now they're back on track. Are they going to stay on track, uh, Shane? Or do you foresee maybe some still maybe a little bit of staggering? We'll see. I mean, if they come out of this uh, road trip coming up with heading to Troy and then Southern Miss, if they survive that – I think, you know, they're in pretty good shape despite losing a couple I didn't expect them to lose. But but it's going to be tough. I mean, I it might be six losses that finishes first on top of this conference when you just look at where everybody is right now. Yeah, it could be. But I'll tell you one team that's not going to compete, and that's Arkansas State. So you guys don't have to worry about the Red Wolves coming in and upending your, your, your quest to be number one in the Sun Belt. The, the Red Wolves are just sitting this one out. You guys, you guys have all the fun. You know, I love listening to the conversations amongst you guys about oh, how tight it is in the Sun Belt while my Red Wolves are one in five at doing absolutely nothing to make themselves relevant in this race. You guys enjoy it. I get, I'm glad you guys are having your moment. One day, maybe we will. Just won't be this year. Another team having their moment. Winners of four straight. How about them raging Cajuns? <laughs> yes. What the hell? They started off so badly. Now they're back. They beat your Warhawks. Am I right? They did. They they yeah. got the the big win there in Fantu and Coliseum. I think it was thirteen point uh, win uh, on a Thursday. 
Warhawks in that game did not have the it factor and just did not look very good. And the Cajuns just scorched the nets. Yeah. I feel like the Cajuns are, are just starting to pour it on. And I don't know if the Cajuns are, I, of all these teams, I honestly don't know who's the best team, the team to look out for. It could be Marshall. Maybe it's JMU. Maybe it's the Warhawks. God, Georgia Southern is there at four and two. We keep calling them like maybe they don't belong there, but they're four and two. Troy, Troy with Scott Cross, can't count him out. This Sunbelt tournament in Pasadena may be the most exciting Sunbelt tournament we've seen. Did they move the you're going to miss some games if you go to Pasadena for that. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Where are we this year? Pensacola. Pensacola. The, Pas- the Pasadena of the East, I believe. But, 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 Jeremy, your Red Wolves will probably be in Pasadena. Uh, you know what? We might just go. We might just drive through Pensacola on the way to Pasadena. That's what I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a big loop. Yeah. But uh, why not? Because uh, we're, not, we're going nowhere. We might as well just take the long route to Pasadena. No surprise for guys that are going somewhere, Jeremy. Yeah. Tavion Kinsley leading the league, 21 points a game in Sunbelt Conference action. Austin Crowley at 20. And Jordan Brown, your preseason player of the year at 18. No surprise there. Is there anybody that has kind of jumped out to y'all as maybe a little bit of a surprise? Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna acquiesce to Shane on that because Shane knows everything. Shane, you answer that question for me, would you? I don't know. Not I don't know if anybody's like jumped out at me that's like that we haven't already talked about. Unless okay, I, I will say uh, DeAndre Pinkney at Southern Miss. I mean, he's been a solid player there, but um, you know. You kind of expected their three transfers to be big time for them. And, you know, Alvarez has been hurt, so somebody had to step up. And, you know, Pinkney's really been the guy. They're probably not where they are right now without him having his best season. The guy that I like that has uh-huh. really jumped out here in the early goings of the Sunbelt Conference action, right there from your Red Wolves. Oh. Omar El Sheik. <laughs> Yeah. Second in the league with just about 12 rebounds a game. I feel like this is his chance to really kind of come out and shine where he doesn't have uh, the Miami kid, uh, Omir, to overshadow him. I I feel like he's really kind of come in and, and stood out. Plus, he's another Egyptian. That's two standout Egyptians that we have in the league there with Mustafa of Coastal Carolina also just short of 10 rebounds a game. You know, Sunbelt might be the Egypt pipeline. We have tapped into that raw talent of Egypt, and we're getting people into the Sunbelt. Yeah, Omar, you know, Omar plays really well. He's, he, he's kind of a raw talent. There's a lot of guys on the Red Wolves that are just kind of raw, you know, guys that have have abilities, but like really require some fine tuning. And we'll probably fine tune those guys right up to the point where they'll, where they'll get that fine tuning and then transfer out. So well, he's a one and done, so he, he, he's not going anywhere. Oh yeah, he's not going. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Yeah, I don't have to really worry about that. I tell you one guy that's standing out to me, and I'm going to totally destroy his name. 
but Michael Hanglodden? Does that Micah Han Logan? Michael Micah Handigan of Marshall? Big man, 11 rebounds a game, 2.7 blocks per game. I love the big men in the Sun Belt. Shane, help me pronounce that name. Uh, I, I'm not great at pronouncing names. I'm not even going to try. But we all know we all know who you're talking about, and you're correct. He's he's doing great. Yeah, I like the Sun Belt to me has never been like a big man uh, league. Like we've had a few big men, but never like dominating big guys. So I always like to see guys like him and Mustafa doing good work underneath the basket, get, gobbling up those rebounds. I love. I you know what? I like to see rebounds more than I like to see points. So rebound guys, I love. At seven one as a freshman, I would hope that he's going to come into this league and dominate. But you never know if if that's always a true statement. You know what? Is it possible that the Warhawks have been drinking water from beautiful Eagle Creek? I don't think they've been to Statesboro yet this year. I, I'm not talking about you know officially. You know we know there are magic properties in that creek. Well, there's also weird things that come out of the Washtenaw River, too. That's true. Are you guys drinking bayou water? I don't know. What is it? Radioactive spider? Uh, maybe a meteorite that has come out of the sky and, and giving you some sort of strange powers. But the Warhawks are, are too good to be the Warhawks. We all, we all can agree with that, right, Shane? It, I'm trying, yeah. Something yeah. in the gumbo out there, I think. I don't know yeah. what's going on. So do we have anything else to talk about the men other than the fact that it's crowded at the top and it's lonely at the bottom? South Alabama two and four. I, I know that we said we were not going to follow the Jags this year, but I just I still didn't see them being at the bottom. Tibbs, just cut it off right there. We're not covering the Jaguars this year. We did it last year and we got burned. We're not doing it again. I will not be hurt again. Losers Should be better than what they are. It's a little confusing. I, I never know about the Jags. What's the what's the deal with those guys? But so are you more surprised by that or that Georgia State is right there beside them at two and four? Uh, you know what? I, I think Georgia State, you know, had that kind of longish run of of Sunbelt excellence and they kind of needed that down here. So I think I'm not as surprised at Georgia State that I am as South Alabama. I keep thinking South Alabama is going to finally burst on the scene and have this great season. It's just not happening. I'm with you. I it's it's a rebuilding year for Georgia State. New coach, a lot of new players. I thought South Alabama was going to have their guys that they didn't have last year ready to go this year, and would uh would, would be better than they are right now. Yeah, it's kind of like the Warhawks have stolen the chi from South Alabama. I can neither confirm nor deny. All right. You know something, Tibbs. You're, you're concealing something for them. You're hiding something for them. And I'm telling you, they're going to throw you under the bus. That's not how any of this works. Okay. Spring football coming up, guys. How do we feel about the league getting ready to start hearing uh, the popping of pads again here coming up in the next few weeks. Oh, 
Yeah, I guess that's happening. Do teams have dates set outside of Harrisonburg? I don't think we have a date set around here. I don't, I don't know either. I mean, I know kind of working backwards that the spring game is typically Super Warhawk weekend, which would be a baseball series uh, in early April-ish. And you get, what, five weeks of practice leading up to that? Yeah, I know Arkansas State hasn't put any dates to that, I don't think. But you do bring up something interesting, baseball season. We finally, at Arkansas State, finally got a full schedule published. Has ULM published a schedule? Yes. No, I have not looked at it. Okay. Arkansas State opens the year with 15 out of 16 home games. Like the first 16 games, 15 are at home. That's kind of crazy. 15 games, like out of 16. The only game that's being played outside of Jonesboro is a game with Ole Miss. Yeah, you've got the weather for it. Up here, yeah. up here, you know, the newcomers to the league outside of Southern Miss, <clears throat> they're <throat> all the ones that hit the road in February for baseball, softball. Jonesboro, though, people always say, oh, you must have great weather. February is the muddiest month, and we don't have artificial turf out there. We've got a, a muddy-ass outfield that if, if, if it rains enough, you're ankle-deep in mud. So uh, I'll be surprised <laughs> if, if we go through all those games and not have at least one cancellation due to the weather. Looking at the ULM schedule real quick. Okay. Everything lines up well until mid-May when you see Southern Miss come to Warhawk Field. And then Texas State closes out the year hosting the Warhawks. No. <laughs> Texas State should be pretty good this year. You know, we haven't seen the, the preseason rankings. I think that comes out. First week of February. So I'm looking forward to that. But <clears throat> I suspect it won't be a good year for Arkansas State. Well, we, we should have our big baseball, uh, a big baseball preview pretty soon, though, right, guys? Maybe we do that the first week of February. Sure, why not? Yeah. Right about time. Uh, Tibbs, what else we got? We got a guest coming up, and we'll let Shane do the introduction of that since it is someone from the Valley coming on the show. Wait, wait. Shane came through with a guest? I did. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. Pulled him all the way from Scotland. So we got a guest that I've been getting to know here over the past uh, few months since he's moved to Harrisonburg, but uh, some other people... In Sunbelt country, I've known him for a long time. Uh, JMU assistant basketball coach Neil Harrow, who spent a good deal of time in Troy. We've got him to talk some women's basketball this week. So, Neil, I guess tell us a little bit about just what you, your experience here in the first few months being with the Dukes has been like. Obviously, you guys are winning a lot of games right now and, and doing quite well. It's been, it's been fun. It, it's been um... – it's been really good, um, refreshing in a way, just because it, it's new, uh, a new style, a new uh, environment, a new culture, a new area, 
like all new, uh, which I think is good for for growth. It's good to keep keep you on your toes um, and just learning a new way uh, to do things. Uh, so it, it's really been fun. It's been it's been everything I hoped it would be. Uh, you know, being at, being at Troy for seven years was was great and so many good memories. But you know, when you I was kind of I wasn't in a rush to leave just for anything. Um, so, so when the opportunity came for this job, uh, you know, I had a had a high expectations, uh, and they've all been met. So, really, it's been it's been fun. So, the big question I have for you there, James Madison, in a new league, dominating already as they sit atop the women's standings and at atop just about every statistical category there is. How much of that do do you kind of beat your chest saying I'm here and I'm the one that made it happen? <laughs> I think that would be uh, foolish and arrogant. Uh, so no, I, I would I would say no. I mean, every everybody plays their their piece, right? But but uh, I think without me, this team would have been uh, would have been really really good. So I, I can't take the credit. Um, I think Coach Joel uh, has has a really really solid culture. He this guy knows what he's doing. He really really does. He's really good in, in every aspect. You know, I, I don't I can't think of a way that it's like, oh, we really need to help him here. I, I mean, sure, we I'm sure we do help. But but he's good. He's really good. So uh, I think um, I think this team is going to be just fine without me. I'm just glad to be along for the ride and help any way I can. That said, you know, Sean, he's had multiple assistants go on to become head coaches. So, you know, you're right about him, like having the staff typically leaning on staff. But. He's talked about maybe leaning on you guys even more this year as you go into a new league. You obviously know a lot of the existing Sunbelt teams. Mm-hmm. Lexi Barrier, another new assistant, was at Marshall last year. She, she knows those <laughs> Conference USA teams that came in. Um, do you get a sense that he's coming to you in a different way maybe than he has in the past, like just because of your prior experiences? Maybe. Um, hard to say, you know. <laughs> Hard to say because I don't know how he, you know, how he worked with his previous assistants. But um, I mean, there has been a lot of conversation, and I think he's leaning on me, uh, you know, the appropriate amount because I'm sure one of the reasons I was hired here is because of the experience in the Sun Belt. So yeah, I think um, whether it's more or less, I don't know, but but certainly we have a really good line of communication where uh, I think as we continue through conference and we think about it, like of the. Of this, of the games that we've played so far, we've already played th- what one, two, three of the new teams. So, four, three. Oh my, I don't know. Play, at least three, if not four. Of the you know, you finish one game, you go right to the next. But um, so most of the teams so far have not been last year's Sun Belt teams because we played you know Southern Miss, Marshall, ODU. So like, uh, I'm sure as the as the conference goes on. Uh, he may lean on me uh, even more because Lexi, you know, Lexi was great so far because she she has had the familiarity with the the, the other teams. So I guess just leaning on us all a little bit. Season's a grind, man. It is. How, how do you kind of make that balance between coach, personal life, scouting, and, and, and almost uh, psychiatrist on, on the bus there during the season uh, as you split those multiple roles? Gosh, good question. I, I I don't I don't know, and I listen to a lot of other coaches. I listen to I'm a big Gino fan, so Gino at UConn, um, and I try and listen to like older guys and um, for perspective because I don't have you know 
a huge work-life balance. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all in on this. And so I try, I try and find ways, but, you know, I try and work out. I try and, you know, disconnect every now and again with music or whatever. But I, for me, I, I think the off-season is, even though there's not free time per se, there, there's, there's some. And I think for me, that's the time for balance. Uh, but when it's season time, it's like, you know, my, my mother asked me recently, she said, well, back in Scotland, she said, you know, when, when's the next time? It was at Christmas time. She said, well, when's the next time you'll have two days off in a row? And I said, uh, April. She said, no, but really? And I said, April. You know, so like, it, it, it's it's go time. And that's okay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of built for that. And I, I've um, embraced that. But I, I don't, balance is tough uh, for me in terms of, of work-life balance. But um, in terms of different roles, I think you just have to be kind of a chameleon during the year and just be available whatever Whatever the team needs from you that day, you have to be able to to produce it because, you know, it, you have to be ready. It it could be, yeah, one day maybe you are a counselor. Maybe the next day you are a uh, sounding board for something. Maybe the next day you have to motivate. Uh, the next day you have to X's and O's it. Uh, so you just, you have to be ready and available for whatever they need. I heard you say so, you listen to music, but 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 in that, that rotation is also Fun Belt Podcast, correct? Of course, absolutely. <laughs> before yeah. before music, I make sure I've listened to my my fun belt podcast. Of course. <laughs> so Neil, uh, you know, you get Georgia Southern coming up, which which is which is great. That's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. But then the next game is Troy. Is there a little mm -hmm. bit of extra juice for you for that, or is it just welcoming, <laughs> welcoming old friends to to new to a new haunt? It's funny. Uh, uh, I, I don't know the answer because I, I, I go back and forth. I go back and forth. And I'm, real, I'm still real close to those guys. And uh, I, talk to, I talk to the staff um, on a regular basis. So it's not, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it, was a, it, was a, it wasn't a bad departure. Uh, we, st we still talk and we're still friends. Um, but, of course, I want to win, of course. Um, and I, I, I try to remind myself that it's, it's just – you know, it's not any bigger or smaller than any other game because in conference, a loss is a loss and a win is a win. Um, and when you're chasing, especially in a one-bit league, what you're chasing is is like, how can we be the best and how can we avoid losses? And so is it naturally a little bit bigger because, yeah, uh, it's, the, it's my old team? Sure, sure. I would be, I would be lying if I said no. But... Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's Georgia Southern right now is is the priority because they're next. Um, but yeah, it's, it's on my mind, especially since I have the scout and I'm working on that. <laughs> so yeah. So Neil, I, I was you know I was I'm in quite a bit of dismay over the women's basketball program at Arkansas State, of which mm -hmm. I'm uh, they are they have not, have yet to win a, a Sun Belt game, and I I, I went ahead I I I wanted to compare. Arkansas State's roster with a successful Sun Belt team, and I ended up comparing it with uh, James Madison, which was natural because James Madison was leading. And I couldn't help but to notice the size difference that James Madison has. Just so many big, strong, tall players. Is that the key to winning Sun Belt games? Is simply to have uh, the size, or is there more to it than that? No, I, I don't think it's the key. I think the key is is um, finding finding a way to be really good, really consistently, 
just any, any conference. Um, the Sunbelt is a scrappy, athletic, physical conference. I, I don't, and I don't say this in a dis- disrespectful way uh, because I love the Sunbelt. I don't think it's a super skilled conference, but I think it's really tough. I think the players in there compete arguably harder than any other conference uh, that I can think of. Um, they, they, they compete so hard, every, and that's why it's hard to win in the Sunbelt. So I think our uh, success may be tied to our size, but Troy's had a lot of success in the past without size. Uh, Troy, Troy, you know, other than this year with Janine Camp at 6'5", 6'6", they have made a living off of 6'1", 6 feet, 5'11", post players who can just get the job done. So I, 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 don't, I don't attribute size to general success in the Sunbelt although it may contribute to ours because that is part of our recruiting philosophy, um, if that makes sense. Right? Absolutely. Uh, and I have one final question for you before I throw it back to the guys. Uh, losing to Maine, how bitter do you feel about that? Actually not. And, and trust me, I hate to lose. I hate <laughs> to lose. Um, and I may, uh, there may have been a, a – a, a toe in a trash can after that game may or may or not have been. Um, but honestly, I don't, I don't, you know, somebody asked me recently, do you, do you wish you could have that back? And I said, no, because maybe, maybe without that, we are not where we are. I don't, I, nothing, gosh, nothing could mimic the feeling we had after that game. Um, we, we couldn't have won that game by two and still had that feeling. So, no, I, I think your journey is your journey. Um, I, I almost hate the Carolina loss more than the main loss, which is, <laughs> sounds crazy because I feel like we were ready to win that game against UNC. We weren't ready to beat Maine in a lot of different ways. Uh, now, play them today, I, I, I think, yeah. But tell you what, Maine's not bad. Maine is good. They have a great coach who runs a very unique, couldn't be further away from Troy, but similar because they run such a unique system. And I think that is what makes Maine so good is because they're so all in in their system. It's really hard to guard. Um, and we just, we weren't ready that day to beat them. So I'm, op- I'm not okay with that. I'm never okay with losing, but I, I, I am okay to accept that as part of our journey. Yeah, and no disrespect for Maine. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. It's just that yeah. you see that long list of impressive wins and that first yeah. game off the bat must have been hard to, to open the season. But I love your answers. Like it kind of shaped, shaped the team a little bit. The team needed that. Yeah, I don't think we beat VCU without that main loss mm-hmm. because the, the ability like that, that was a dogfight on the road. It was a two point win, uh, I think, too. So like for us to be able to go on the road and understand that like Max focus in the last two minutes of a game is the only the only acceptable uh, approach here, uh, and we uh, and we made three, four, five consecutive mistakes against Maine, and I tell you, man, like a win would have masked probably four of those five mistakes. So I'm, I'm if you'd ask me after the game, I would have a different answer, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I am now six zero right now in conference play. How do you see that second half kind of? coming uh, into focus as y'all get ready for Pensacola seemingly only, what, a month away? Mm. Wow. Um, here comes some cliche, some coach cliche answers, but, yes. you know, 
if you look at Pensacola, you, you, you just can't. You just can't. Like you, you, just similar to we're not we're not talking about Troy in the office right now. We're talking about Georgia Southern, and and we can't talk about you know uh, Georgia State a couple of days ago gave us gave us problems. But you know what? That that has to sit in the drawer until it's time to talk about them again. And it, it's such a league that. You know, this team I almost mentioned the team there. That would have been rude. But um, there, there's teams in the league that I thought were going to be uh, a 14 and 14, and have already lost three games. So, like, if you take your finger off the pulse for a second, then you get focused on, oh, we're going to the NCAA tournament. Oh, we're going to win the tournament. Or we're going to go 18 and 0. No, uh-uh. win on Thursday. Uh, and Coach O does a really, really good job of 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 that's his approach. Uh, and I think it just ensures that you never get lost in the this sort of uh, fantasy of what could be because it, th- this stuff can change so fast. So I, I don't, I'm not really I'm not really thinking about second half as much as just we we have to find a way to improve uh, because I think other teams are improving um, and just win Thursday. So when you came to JMU, did you? have much knowledge or appreciation of the history of the women's basketball program? Were you surprised maybe by how much like people cared about them getting back on track this season? Yeah, I really did. Uh, I, I was, I was surprised. I didn't, I, of course I did research, but not, um, didn't know some of the really, really impressive stats, especially for a mid-major program, like to, to produce several draft picks is, is, really rare at this level to be a program that is like top three or four in total wins all time is like wow didn't know that uh knew they were knew they were traditionally really good um but some of the stats uh and some of the history here has has been a pleasant kind of surprise and and i think uh, you know i was a friend's one of the georgia state assistants and he was asking me about you know the arena and this and that i just looked like there's there is such a great level of support um, that that's around on campus and in the community because um, obviously it is really important to them and and they put the resources into making it possible. You know that arena is is unmatched in the Sunbelt Conference and it's and it's I don't I don't think it's close. You know so those things it's it's nice that it's the two way street. It's like yeah there's a great history and there's great tradition and interest but there's also like the university is putting the resources uh, in place to where we can try to continue that. Well, Neil, we thank you so very much for joining us on Fun Belt Podcast. Looking forward to catching up with you later on as that dreaded South Florida team uh, or, or city, I should say, sneaks up upon us that we won't mention for, for your sake. <laughs> Can't wait to talk another time, anytime. Thanks for having me. So Shane's first interview that he brought onto the show, I think it was a great hit. Absolutely. But we did not hold him over for plugs, promos, and parting shots, so we'll have to do it solo this time. Shane, since you're the man of the hour, please lead us off. Um, well, I'll talk about another uh, Harrisonburg luminary uh, parting shot. Not not a happy one, but you know, for the Jamie fans listening here, I, I heard this morning that legendary JMU basketball coach Lou Campanelli is in hospice care. Um, you know, maybe a matter of time before we say goodbye to man who took JMU to three state NCAA tournaments, almost beat the uh, eventual national champion, North Carolina Tar Heels in 1982. Ooh. JMU would not be what it is today if 
that man had not put the school on the map nationally. So I think probably just need to mention, mention him before we go. We hinted at it on Twitter that guys, we are looking for our first student athlete for our own fun belt NIL deal. <laughs> I don't know what exactly we're looking for in this person, other than they'll be on the show okay. for a segment, but that'll be coming out soon. So be sure to follow us on Funbelt PC on Twitter for the details as we start promoting that up as we look for our first NIL student athlete. Nice. Jeremy? Well, I, I think I'm just going to have a parting shot. <clears throat> I'm going to try to get through this without coughing up a lung. But today is Martin Luther King Day, the day when we we celebrate the life and times of one of our, our, our greatest Americans. He's very quotable. If, if, if your school hasn't put out a quote about Martin Luther King today and put it on Twitter and wished everybody a great MLK day, then your school has done a disservice to you. But uh, it, 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 even though he's put out together a lot of quotes, there, there is one that stands out to me. And he says, and this is attributed to him. He says, not everybody can be famous. But everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. And I think what he means there is that you don't have to necessarily lead a movement or be a superhero or, 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 or have a statue erected in your honor to be great or to be even a, to be of service. You can be of service just by not being an asshole. So... I ask all of you to join me in living up to the dream of Martin Luther King and just be nice to each other, respect each other's opinions. You know, if you see some injustice, do something about it. If you see some litter on the, on the side or, or, or our cigarette butt, pick it up. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Do it yourself. Be of service and you will be great. And that's my parting shot. Jeremy, I'll loan you some players so that you can be great. <laughs> I would love to be great. That would be nice. Until next time, where we will have some special guests in our next episode, guys. Yeah. So, Jeremy, get, get well soon. I will. I'll try. Shane, keep doing your thing, and we'll do it again next week.